It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. How are we all doing? We are, again, still in the afterglow of a very nice Sharks win the other day, something that was very much needed, something that I think we were all um, eagerly anticipating just because it had been a rough stretch, the loss to New Jersey on the heels of the blowout loss to Edmonton. Everyone was waiting for something better to happen, in my opinion, and that is what we got, which makes me excited for today's game against Columbus. And even though Columbus is not in a great place, they are at the bottom of the standings league-wide, but you know what? The Sharks have not shown to be consistent over the course of the season. So it presents a lot of different interesting storylines. Obviously, there's a lot of trade chatter going around. All you have to do is hop on social media. You see the talk about Timo Meyer. You see the talk about Eric Carlson. We know that you know Benino and Nieto have been thrown into that conversation as well. There's, there's a lot that could change here over the next few days, weeks, and about a month and a half until that March 3rd deadline. But yeah, obviously, there's a lot of things that could change. And so right now, we watch every Sharks game and we look at every tweet and everything else with a little bit of curiosity as we enter an era of uncertainty uh, heading towards the trade deadline. But one thing's for sure, the Sharks do have some big pieces if they wanted to move them that would bring in some pretty big returns. So that will be a fascinating aspect as well. To talk a little bit about Columbus and what we can see in tonight's game, we are now joined by Aaron Portsline of The Athletic. Aaron, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Doing all right, man. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm actually looking at all the many, many parallels we could probably make. Uh, Low-hanging fruit for me, because that's what I do best as a sports broadcaster. But between Columbus and the Sharks right now... um, you know, you, you look at the the latest ones against um, Anaheim. I think that's what a lot of people would look to. And, um, you know, I was reading your write-up on it. And I was saying, boy, that sounds like a lot of Sharks games I've seen. I don't think they've blown a 3 nothing lead, but there have been games where they've been up by two goals with five minutes left to go on multiple occasions or right around there and lost. And, you know, it's just the, the Columbus to me very much in the same way like the Sharks. They're two teams that both, and it's a bit of a cliche, but they literally don't know how to win. Yeah, and and as silly as that sounds, at, at the NHL level, yeah, there are teams that, you know, especially super, really young teams, and this team is young as it is, but it's been it's been made younger by all, all of its injuries. Mm-hmm. There are guys in the lineup that, uh, quite frankly, would not be under normal circumstances. It's better now than it has been, but I think. I believe they've only carried a lead into the seventh period Columbus. I'm talking about seven times this year. Uh, so not a lot of, yeah, seven times they've, they've had the lead after two periods. So mm. not a lot of closing out games, not a lot of opportunities to it. And you could just feel when it's three, nothing and early second Anaheim scores to make it three to one, 
you just you you go oh boy second periods have been such a struggle for them this year that that even with the three goal lead to start the period a two goal lead now pretty early all the cards are on the table even against a team that has struggled just as bad as Columbus has right Anaheim um it this is not going to be nothing is going to be cut and dried here well Anaheim for for reference is one of the teams in San Jose the Sharks with five minutes left were up uh, 4-2 and Anaheim tied it um to send it to overtime then it went to a shootout and Anaheim yeah. won I mean it's just one of those things where it was like the, the Sharks have been very, very bad at home for reasons that I can't quite explain and is a pretty stark departure compared to what, you know, the franchise for my entire life has looked like. And that's a team that yeah. has won at home. So it's it's been very odd. Um, the other one, and I'm sure that you, um, you know, you like me wade into the waters of social media, but I am willing to bet a large amount of the comments you get on your pieces or the, the tweets that you get are about a Connor Bedard. And I, you know, I get it. I understand. I, I love the hype around these young athletes. I'm always hopeful that they will turn into the next big thing. But there is no guarantee, A, that if you get the fewest points, you will get that number one pick, or B, that they will live up to the hype. I mean, hockey, it seems like it's a little bit easier to judge the talent, but we can go back and talk about guys in any sport that everyone thought was going to be the next big thing, but turned out, in fact, to not be the next big thing. Yeah, there is no exact science. To your point, if you have the worst record in the league, which is obviously still to be determined, Columbus is there right now, Chicago and Anaheim are giving them a, a challenge. Who knows? Some other teams may drift into that territory as well. If you have the worst record in the league, you have a 25% chance of getting the number one pick. Um, obviously, the other side of that math is you have a 75% chance of not getting it. <laughs> There's no way you can you can uh, finish the season with a likely opportunity to get the number one pick. And then, as you said, like, listen, I, I think Connor Bedard is going to be a star player, a superstar player. Um, but the draft is not an exact science. Look, mm-hmm. go back, look, look through any year's results. I've always said, you know, the answer to which team is really good at drafting is none of them. Like just look <laughs> at any team's drafts. And even in the first round, there are head scratchers and, and let's not talk about that year. And then there are players in the third and the fourth round that, that pop. Um, having said that, if you're a team in the situation of Columbus or whoever's in the running for it this year, all you have to do is look at Colorado, Pittsburgh, look at New Jersey now, mm-hmm. Edmonton, some of these teams that have, have elevated, even even Tampa Bay with Hedman and Stamkos quite a while ago now. But those are the players that have spearheaded that organization. McKinnon in, in Colorado, Crosby and Malkin and Fleury in, in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. It is those guys that help build. It's 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 not a sure thing, but it is a one of the surest ways to really elevate your franchise quickly, rather than to bank on free agency or mid round draft picks to really pop. So you hope that that is the reward at the end of a long season, but we'll see. Yeah, I think St. Louis was the only recent example that I could make of a team that didn't have an out and out, um, you know, next level superstar on their squad that run it. And they had the one of the most improbable, you know, turnarounds that we've ever seen in pro sports history. And I'm not trying to speak ill of them or anything, but they just, they got hot and they got hotter and hotter and hotter. It was remarkable. And it was, it was great to watch, but you're right. Like it, it often does take those, those superstars, those next level guys. But even then, you know, I look to the Oilers and I say, you know, they, 
probably haven't lived up to expectations, right? Like I, yep. I would have thought there wrong. would have been, yes, exactly. Like I would have thought that there would have been for both of those teams, those deep runs last year is the one year that I don't blame Toronto for the first round exit. By the way, they ran into a team that had a call gone a different way in the Stanley cup final. We might be talking about as a three-time champion, not to take anything away from Colorado because they were amazing. They forced those situations, but I, I mean, you don't, it's not a guarantee, right? Like that's, that's the hardest thing for me is that there's all this talk about building for the draft and it's like, okay, you think you have a good idea of what this can turn into, but it it doesn't necessarily mean it'll go any certain way, especially a team like Columbus who last year was hovering around 500. This is not the Columbus team I expected to see this year. I expected it to be another step forward. Obviously injuries have taken a big, um, uh, taken a big role in that, but it, it actually for Columbus, it could, if, if they were to land a very high pick of which again, no guarantee exactly where they'll be, but it could allow them to kind of jump forward um, in a different way. And th- that's the hope. I mean, th- they, as tough as it is to look at where they're at in the standings now, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, it, it is not, it, I don't think it's this, I think it's a couple seasons ahead of where Chicago is now. In other words, I think, I feel like Chicago is still sort of finding its way. It's still, it's still the Blackhawks organization is still likely to take some hits here mm-hmm. with Kane going, with mm-hmm. Taves going. Whereas Columbus thought that they had taken those lumps and they were starting to, they thought last year was better than it should have been. Uh, they, they, they thought this would be uh, more like last year than last year was, but they, um, you know, they, they hung around this year. They, they, they have no margin for, for air really to start the season. Major questions at the two places on the ice. that You really can't afford to have big questions and that's at center and among your top four D and then, Look, they, they lose Wierenski, who mm-hmm. is a huge part of this. Um, t- you know, take Carlson out of the San Jose mix. They lose Voracek, their leading scorer from last year. <clears throat> That's huge for them. They The player that they thought might be ready, Jack Roslevic, to, to hold a top six job, not ready. The player who was so good last year as an 18-year-old rookie in the NHL, Cole Sillinger, has really taken a step back. So you mix all of that in with the injuries and it's just, I mean, they, they can't compete and it's even worse on the road where the matchups are exaggerated and to the home team's liking. So it is, but, and, and yet if you look, if they land, if they can fix center ice, get Wierenski back, you, you start to think, well, maybe it's not that far away, but there are times I'll admit when you look at their, <laughs> record at the 13 30 and two or that is a kind of a hard story to sell yeah no understandable what what's your take on the san jose shark situation and and eric carlson because you know there there's been rumors since early on in this year when mike greer said that you know everybody essentially but tomas hurdle was potentially to be looked at but when he said that i don't think anybody expected that eric carlson's hot start would continue because people have always said oh that contract you know, is you can't move it. Well, now right. m- maybe you can, and maybe you have to eat some of it, but it suddenly seems like it's a much different paradigm than it was in October. Yeah. And for me, he's, he's just the latest example in sports of why you should never quite say never <laughs> really about anything. Cause I, I, I did not see this coming from Eric Carlson this year. I, I mean, I don't follow the sharks close enough to, obviously to have a strong opinion on Carlson, but I would have certainly taken the under 
on 15 goals and 62 assists at this point of the season. He's having an incredible season. And it's gone from what what surely was an untradeable contract to now, who who the hell knows? I mean, (laughs) you know, the concern now is, not would it, would teams want him because I think that was the concern before the season. Would anybody want him at that money? Now I think the the challenge is can anybody afford him at right. that money given the salary cap restraints? Um, but I definitely think a player who's producing like he is again, there's a market. I still think a lot of people would be wary of the remaining term on that contract. But may, you know that could be the best thing that comes from a Sharks season is getting out from underneath one of those massive contracts and sort of giving themselves new life in the years to come. What I always wonder is that say you do make that move if you're a team and you acquire an Eric Carlson and it does put your salary cap in a very um, not good situation for lack of a more technical term. But what if it lands you a Stanley Cup? Is then that worth it to deal with that contract for the next couple of years? Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, look at all, look what these teams do. Every Colorado's had terrible cap problems this year, mostly because of injuries, but Mm -hmm. They break. I mean, the way the way that the cap has not grown, I think, for three years and is barely going up next year. Yeah, uh, it's really it's exacerbated the situation. But teams are always willing to go into cap hell <laughs> if they think it gives them a shot at, at winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, it, it, it's tough for almost every team. The Blue Jackets are the, literally the worst team in the league, and they had to move Oliver Bjorkstrand, which they didn't want to do when they acquired Johnny Gaudreau yeah. because of the salary cap. They're up against it too, even though they're the worst team in the league. Were you shocked to see Johnny Gaudreau come to Columbus? Uh, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And and it was the day of free agency and you started, I mean, I have to be, <laughs> be honest with you. It's one of the most difficult tweets I've ever, I don't want to say crafted because Twitter isn't really for crafting. Um, <laughs> you said it, not more, me. <laughs> it's more for just blurbing it out but i really thought hard and sweated over a a tweet when we started getting information that Mm -hmm. the blue jackets are talking to gaudreau and you know first of all the blue jackets they are surprised frankly that that they were on gaudreau's uh, possible destination list they didn't expect it so nobody else should have either even when it started the fear was we're getting played here. This mm-hmm. is an attempt to get more money out of Philly or <laughs> Jersey or the, I like it's, it's the, it's the, uh, you know, attractive girl in class who starts talking to you and you're suspicious immediately. This is not <laughs> what's going on. Am I getting pranked? Right. Um, Cause they, they weren't expecting it. And then as the day moved on, it was like, no, they're actually talking and this could happen. So we put it out there in a way that like, trying i don't want to say one foot on each side of it but just like hey listen the blue jackets were not considered a destination but here we go they're talking and this could come to pass and then it was like a half an hour later it was like they're almost done they've almost (laughs) got a deal in place and couldn't believe it yeah no i mean it was i remember when my buddy sent me the tweet that it was happening it may have been yours i don't really recall but i kind of I thought i was reading it wrong just because i was like well no that's not that flies in the face of everything of what i heard of what was right. happening with Calgary, which is another, like this is again, even if you do things quote unquote the right way, we all thought Calgary would be in a much different position than they are right now, right? Like this, this, yeah. this hasn't exactly gone to plan. It makes the whole, again, I, I always joke the, you know, the best thing I, I do as a sports broadcaster is be wrong about what I expect to see. Um, and this yeah. is just, you know, the, the latest example. That was one. Um, what do you think of tonight's game? Like what, what are you looking at as you go into tonight's game? 
Well, for for the Blue Jackets, I'll speak mostly to them because they're obviously the team that I'm most familiar with. Yeah, you, you worry about competitive spirit at this point because it has gotten ugly. It's gotten ugly at Nationwide Arena with with you know the crowd has booed them off the ice the last couple nights. Um, so you, you worry about morale certainly. You worry about confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's a very young team, um, and, and so you just kind of you know, what, what's next that, you know, who is in goal. I believe it's going to be Corpus Salo tonight. This is his first start in, in well over a week. Um, they did not get much from Elvis Merzlikens in that Anaheim game down the stretch. It's just an unpredictable, inconsistent. Um, they don't score a lot. They have a hard time defending. So nothing is ever in the bank. And, you know, San Jose's, has a chance to to put up some numbers tonight. That's just the reality against the Blue Jackets this season. Yeah, I mean, I would, from a, you know, working for San Jose standpoint, I would say, yeah, I'd be hopeful that they were, but, you know, the Sharks have not exactly proved to be consistent. I mean, the weirdest thing was the other night, down 3 nothing to Dallas, and it's just like, okay, this is a story we've seen before, keeping in mind that a couple days prior they had lost 7-1 to Edmonton, and then they come screaming back and score five unanswered and win 5-3, and it was... that's the kind of thing that I think that what Blue Jackets fans and Sharks fans can kind of relate to is the fact that they, they don't really know what's going to happen from any night to the next. Like I've had people ask me, so Ted, what's a sign that the Sharks are playing well? And I'd say, well, you know, they get a early goal or they go up. And then I've said, however, I've seen that disappear. Like there's not, there's a, a shocking lack of consistency with the Sharks. That is one of those areas where I feel that, parallels the Blue Jackets where I've watched the Blue Jackets win games. I've been like, but that doesn't look anything like another game that I saw them win. Yeah, right. And like the Blue Jackets two nights ago, Patrick Liney had 16 shot attempts, 10 on goal. <laughs> right. And the yeah. next game against Anaheim, he has three shot attempts, none on goal. <laughs> I mean, it, it, there are nights where you, you look at Gaudreau with and Liney on the same line and think, you know, this can work with Jenner between them. He doesn't have to be a playmaker. Gaudreau's the playmaker. Liney's the shooter. That line can work. And then it goes quiet for seven, eight periods, and they end up breaking it up again. They're not on the same line again tonight. The Blue Jackets have elevated a rookie by the name of Kirill Marchenko, mm-hmm. who's, who's had a real good start to his career, but boom, he's on the top line. A guy that couldn't get called up to the to the NHL for two months this season, boom, right into the onto the top line opposite Gaudreau with Jenner between them. Um, the thing about the Sharks that surprises me that I never thought I'd see is they're a better team on the road than they are at home. Yeah. And they've always been so tough in the Shark Tank. Um, they're almost 500 on the road, which is really all any NHL team hopes for. Mm-hmm. But that that home record is really concerning. Yeah, it is uh, inexplicable, for lack of a better term. I mean, there have been times where we've just seen things happen that you would know never see before like they were up um two nothing on chicago and keep in mind chicago not a great team and gave up five unanswered and lost five two and it was like what just happened like that was that was early on in the season it kind of gave people an idea of uh oh where is this headed but then they've gone on the road and beat the rangers or something to that extent it's kind of been like i said like you have no idea what to expect so i with that being said i hope we're in for a fun one tonight yeah, if you don't have a stake in who wins or who who loses, these guys are games are kind of fun, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Expect the unexpected. Should be fun. Well, Aaron, I know you've got stuff to do, man. I will let you go. I appreciate your time and your work with the athletic man. We'll talk soon, all right? 
All right. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Again, that was Aaron Portsline of The Athletic joining us here on The Build-Up. We are just about out of time, but be sure to join us at 3.30 for live pregame coverage as the Sharks get ready to take on Columbus. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yen.